listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Sure makes my job a lot easier. And I do believe I have a job to do today. I'm going to do my best to stick to my notes. Because there's a lot of them. (laughs) First of all, I just want to say how I'm honored to be able to stand here today and declare the things that God has shown me in his word. I don't take this lightly. This is, uh, this is something that my heart longs to do, so I just am grateful that I get a chance every once in a while. So Father, I just ask you this morning that you would go before me and prepare hearts, that I thank you that your anointing is in this room, that anointing that breaks yokes, that heals the sick, that takes away all the pressures of life. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to now just come. Use my words for whatever you want to accomplish this morning. Help me to articulate your heart this morning. And I thank you for who you are in our midst right now. I just ask to come, that you would come and do what only you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to try and stay as close to here as I can because I have, for those of you who have heard me speak, I don't typically stay in one place. I like to throw my arms around and Leave it alone. <laughs> but honestly, uh, God, God began to show me a, a portion of scripture when I was preparing this week. Um, it's, it's a phrase that we in the church have, have heard many times throughout the years. And when I was reading, I believe God asked me a question. And then he said, I want you to explain that. So it's a very familiar portion of scripture in 1st Timothy chapter 6 and Paul is talking to Timothy he's charging Timothy to fight the good fight of faith how many of you have heard that saying there's a lot to that statement (laughs) you know sometimes we take those truths and we're like oh yeah you know fighting the good fight I'm doing it I'm doing the things but what are the things? And I kind of felt in my heart that like, well, what does it mean? And as I began to study, all of a sudden, the words just came alive. And I'm going to read the portion of scripture and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to dissect it. Because... And, and most of my notes are actually probably going to come from verse 11 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. Because that's really the substance of the, of the charge that he's making to Timothy. So let's read it. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11. 
But as for you, O man of God, flee those things. And I'll explain that thought in a minute. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of, Je- and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained, free from reproach, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display in the proper time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. That's it. We can go home now. And then I asked God, why me? Why do I have to unpack this? So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set the table. So, before, before this passage of Scripture, Paul is talking about things that you shouldn't do. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because there's a lot that i got to get through. But he's basically saying, stay away from the love of money. Don't do what these people are doing. This is what you should do. Okay? If you want to read the context, go and read verse 1 to 10. That's, it's loaded with other material that I don't have time for today. So, I wanted to start by asking you a question. How many of you have made the decision? The decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I want you to, I want you to ponder that. Think about that as, as I'm going through these notes. Think about why you made that decision. Think about when you made that decision. Think about all the things that happened in your life that led up to that decision. And there's a reason why I want you to think that. So, can you imagine Timothy in this moment? Paul is literally charging him with this massive statement to literally pursue every every facet of Christianity, basically. Could you imagine being Timothy in that moment? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like... Okay. But honestly, just don't do this, but do this, 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 and this. That's it. That's, that's all you need to do, so go do it. Pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness. Pursue faith. 
pursue love. Pursue steadfastness. Pursue gentleness. What does that even mean? How do, how do we take that? How would Timothy have taken that and applied it? And that's what, that's what I think we're going to do today. We're going to take those words and what does it look like for us? So I figured it would probably be a good thing to define those things in the context of, this, of the scriptures. Define what righteousness means. So we'll start there. I have a lot of notes. I have to scroll. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use Merriam-Webster as my definition source today. So Merriam-Webster Dictionary is, is defining righteousness is is acting in accordance with divine or moral law. Free from guilt or sin. We've, you might have heard this in, in church before, but it's right standing with God. That's a very Cole's Note version of the definition of righteousness, by the way. Righteousness is very complex. But that's... That's what Merriam-Webster describes righteousness as. And so we're supposed to pursue this. So that means on a regular basis in our lives, we're supposed to look at the position that we're in because of the decision that we made to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. That we are constantly supposed to have that. Pursue it, it says. We're supposed to dwell on that fact that we are now equal in God's eyes to the Son of God. What a statement. What a truth that we have to stand on. What what happened in your past before you made that decision doesn't matter. Everything stopped mattering beyond that point when you made that decision in God's eyes. Sure, it got you to where you are today, but he, he looks at you now the same way he looks at Jesus. So we're supposed to pursue that thought. Wow. We're supposed to pursue that we're free from the power of sin. We're free from the guilt that held us. you guys are quiet. We're supposed to pursue it. So, how do we pursue righteousness? I think probably the first place we could start would be to pursue Jesus. 
because the, the people we spend our time with are who we become like. So if we're pursuing and we're spending time with Jesus, we're, gonna, we're probably going to be pursuing righteousness more so than the flip side of that. So basically, we should live and pursue the thought that what weighed us down before holds no power over us anymore. Because we are standing in alignment with the will of God when, we are, when we're pursuing righteousness. So what's godliness mean? That's the next one. The definition in Merriam-Webster's says the quality of practice or conforming to the laws and wishes of God. To be wise is to live in godliness. And this part is the part that I love about the definition in Merriam-Webster. Reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. <laughs> Reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. We are to pursue that. We are supposed to chase after showing people the nature of the kingdom of God in our day-to-day -day life. You ever read a statement and think to yourself, oh boy, have I been doing that? And I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to bring condemnation to anyone. I'm saying that because this is, we're supposed to challenge our hearts. We're supposed to test ourselves. What, what is good, what is true. The, the word of God should, should bring about things in our heart. And so pursuing godliness is how can I go about my day to day showing the kingdom of God? How can I, how can I express God's wisdom in my life and bring about change in, in the culture a loaded statement again so these are all the things these are all thoughts that would have been going through Timothy's brain when when Paul was was charging him with this <laughs> I couldn't imagine Joel and I were talking before the service and I was like telling him what God put on my heart for today and Joel was like, you know, I wish I could just spend 10 minutes with Paul every week and just pick his brain because this is one sentence he said to Timothy and there's so many truths in here 
so many life applications in one statement. And he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. The amount of wisdom that is in him. Oh man. Reflecting the nature of the kingdom of God in the course of everyday life. So to me, what that looks like is waking up in the morning and, and inviting Holy Spirit to show you, to show me how to go about my day, to be included in my day. Because we carry him inside of us. We carry the Holy Spirit, the one who can change the atmosphere inside of us. And we can transform. We don't do the transforming, but he can transform to the nature of the kingdom of God in our day-to-day life. That's so good. So basically, that means that we're supposed to walk the way that Jesus walked. And you're going to catch a common theme here. (laughs) Because all these things really are going to just point back to, you know, being more like Jesus. Because he's the one that it's all about. He's the one that we chase after. And we can carry that same anointing as Jesus. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. That's that's the nature of the kingdom of God affecting everyday life. He went about doing what the Father told him to do. And because he did what the Father told him to do, it changed the world around him. People flocked to Jesus because they heard about what was going on with him. He was pursuing godliness on a day-to-day basis. And it caused the world around him to change. So good. That definition, I'm going to just have it rolling around in my head, rolling around in my spirit for a few days because what a, what a charge. Because he's, he, Paul is charging Timothy here, but really he's charging the church. He's, he's, he is speaking to his spiritual son so that Timothy at the end will speak to his spiritual son and daughter and it will just continue down the line through the generations the truth that is in the Bible 
This was, this was him charging us to pursue the things of the kingdom. There's a lot of weight to that, but there's so much freedom in it. There's so much freedom in the six things that, that Paul charged Timothy with. And that same anointing, that same power that Jesus walked around the earth with, it's for us too. Woo! We are called to go about doing good, healing the sick, because we're armed with the Holy Spirit and power. He's so amazing that we have the ability to be like the one who gave his life for us. So by pursuing him, we become more like him. Next is faith. The definition of faith is belief and trust in and loyalty to God. Complete trust. Taking something that is said without question. I will be the first to admit that sometimes when I feel like God is telling me something, I'm like, but is that really going to happen? Come on, we're human. Sometimes he says something so out of the blue that it's like, did he really just say that? But faith, pursuing faith is if God says something, if God speaks a word over your life through a a prophet, or you read something in the Bible and you feel like, oh, God's talking about me there because this is, this is, he's talking about us in here. So when you hear a word spoken over you or you get a truth from the Bible. Faith is without question taking that that word that is spoken and sealing it in your heart because you completely believe it. I'm just going to let that sink in. How many times have you just said, well, God said it, it's got to be true. I want to live in that place. God help me to get to that place where I can just be like, no, God said it, it's going to happen. Hey, that's, that's where, that's where we're to get to. That if it's written there, it's going to come to pass. If God speaks it, that means his breath is in it. And his breath created the world that we walk on. 
So if he says it, says it, it's going to come true. <laughs> Again, what would have been going through Timothy's mind? Like thinking about, okay, so this is what righteousness means. This is what godliness means. This is what faith means. Now we've come to the point in the in the verse that he is talking about pursuing love. Love is a huge, huge word. It's a huge word. So I'm going to spend some time here. So what is the definition of love? There are many definitions of love. So I, I went and I was looking at the context of the verse, right? So I went and I found the Greek word that's used in this scripture. And it's actually, it's agape, but it's with an A and an O on the end. So it's like agape or something. I'm not Greek, okay? <laughs> I'm not from that part of the world. So, agape is actually a verb in this context. Or agapao would be the verb. Agape is the word for God's love. It means to love, wish well to, take pleasure in, long for, or esteem. That means that we're supposed to pursue wishing well of others. We're supposed to take pleasure in those around us. We're supposed to long for the things that their hearts long for with them. We're to esteem people. Well, I don't like the way he, he says that. I don't like the way she looks. I don't like how he talks to certain people. There's always going to be a reason not to love. You could probably think of a few different reasons not to love me. I could think of a lot of reasons not to love myself. We're supposed to pursue love. We're supposed to make it a part of, of who we are. That's a loaded statement. We're to love one another as Christ loved us. There's a, there's a million reasons not to love. But the beauty of it is, is we can choose to operate in the love that goes beyond understanding. That goes beyond how we feel at any given time. Here's one for you. They didn't get the vaccine. Or they got the vaccine. 
and, and I'm, I'm being cheeky, but these, these things don't matter. They don't. Or someone might have a different opinion than you on a matter. Or they might believe the Bible a, a, a slight different way than you because they were taught a different doctrine when they were growing up. Or they are a new Christian and they don't know. It doesn't matter about sexual orientations. I'm chucking out some big topics. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying these things because the love that we're to pursue is bigger than any of these big topics right now. The big pressures going on in the world, big media. It, it's bigger than all of that. And we're to pursue that. That not getting caught up in all these topics and loving each other anyway. That's what we're to pursue. That should become every fiber of our being. What a charge. We're charged to be different. Love one another as Christ first loved us. I think what it boils down to is we need to put aside our feelings sometimes and put aside our, and I'm speaking to me here because I love to be right. <laughs> I love being right. Courtney can attest to this, people. It's putting that aside. And asking the question before we say something to ourselves. Am I, am I showing his love by saying these words? This is important. It's seeing yourself the way God sees you. Because just as important as it is to treat other people's with other people with love, you need to love yourself. Jesus hung on the cross just the same for me as he did for Robin as he did for Troy the same love he thought he pictured each one of us that's the degree of love that we should love ourselves with that we should love others with Like that is, that is a huge love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
so that we would be brought back into the family and he could spend forever with us. That's how much he loves Sean. And I'm, I'm saying that over and over because that's, that's something that needs to be foundational in our hearts. And especially, especially in these times, there is a lot of hate out there. There's a lot of it. So if, if we as a body, as, as a community, the church as a whole could, could just take a step back and, and move in love, It's exciting because all you, I follow quite a bit of different churches and all across the world, this is happening where people are coming into tune with the reality. The church is grasping the love that we carry. The Bible says that they will know us by our love. They will know us by the love that we carry in our heart, firstly for Jesus, secondly, collectively, as a body that they don't see fighting amongst each other. But they see the ability to love beyond what we see. I could stay in love for a while, but there's other words here. Pursue steadfastness. I didn't stay there. <laughs> steadfastness. It means firmly fixed in place. And I wrote this in capital letters immovable I'm going to say that again steadfastness means firmly fixed in place and immovable it also means firm in belief determination and adherence loyal what an amazing word It means that we're to pursue the ability to stand when the waves are crashing up against the boat because it happens a lot. It means being able to stand there and not be moved. I can tell you that pursuing Jesus will cause you to be immovable. If you want a good portion of scripture to, to study being able to be steadfast, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 20 is where he, Paul, Paul's talking to the church at Ephesus about putting on the, righteous, the, the armor of God. And actually, if you think about it, a lot of the things that I'm talking about today are in there. 
and it's he he says stand I think five times in there in 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 ten verses because he's he's trying to get a point across where we are to be able to stand when life is being life and not be moved by those things but be being secure in our hearts to be able to push past how how the circumstances of life are making us feel steadfast oh that's a hard place to be <laughs> I, I know in my life there's been lots of times where it's been pretty hard to stay steadfast to not be moved by normally the mess that I get myself into Normally, I get myself into the mess, and then I have to try and, you know, get myself out of the mess. But knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am one with Jesus Christ, having that as a central truth in my life always brought me back to the place. I mean, it took some, some repentance. A lot of walking up to people and apologizing with my tail between my legs. Because normally I like to stick my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better. You know, I don't, I tend to take a minute and think sometimes before I just. But I'm just, I'm just saying that these things that I've been talking about, they've when they become our foundation, when they become what we're after, we have the ability to fight. And I'm going to get to that. Gentleness. It means the quality or state of being gentle. Especially mildness of manners or disposition you want to know how to be gentle look at Jesus <laughs> he, he literally provided all the blueprints for all of these it says in Matthew, Matthew chapter 11 and I didn't put this one in my notes. I think it's verse 29. Yeah. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm saying look to Jesus look to Jesus but there's a reason why if we're pursuing Jesus and we're carrying Jesus inside of us the gentleness in our lives and how we deal with people 
in our disposition when we're talking to people. Our gentleness will cause rest to go out as we speak. The, the steadfastness that we have in our own hearts will cause gentleness to come out. People will find rest in being around us. Can you imagine walking into the middle of a, I don't know, what's it, what would be a good example? Walking into a, a room where there's a fight going on and you walk in the room and it stops instantly because there's so much peace inside of you that it just changes the atmosphere of the room. I want to be in that place. Let's face it, the world is chaotic. There is all kinds of garbage going on. If we take that and just pursue it, pursue being gentle, being peaceful, what would happen? And make it a part of our day-to-day life. Okay, now, now I've finally gotten through the six things. I, I might make it. Megan and I were joking, and, and even Joel and I were joking about, I showed them how many notes I had. It's a lot. <laughs> it was fun going through this, I'm telling you. Because it's, it's so amazing when you open up the word. This is something that is, I've, I've read this verse, I don't know, probably 50 times in my life. But it's so amazing when you open up that, when you open up that word and something different comes out of it every single time. And I don't believe that God just gave me some message for today. I believe that this is a time when we need to to carry this message. Because those things, those six things that I just talked about, that all leads up to the next statement that Paul made. Where he charges Timothy to fight the good fight of the faith these things are going to be able to cause us to be able to fight. I'm going to say that again. Those six things are going to be able to, going to cause us to be able to fight the good fight. Because I'm telling you, it's a fight. Because there's a lot of things going on and coming at you from every side that will try to pull you away from the faith. There are too many things that will try to pull you away from it. But when we're pursuing righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness, when we're pursuing those things, it doesn't matter what's going on around us because we're going to affect those things. We're going to be able to stand 
immovable and people will take notice and they will, it will draw them in because of the Jesus inside of us. Think about how many people flocked to Jesus in the, when he walked the earth. Okay, so now you've thought about that. We are literally the same in God's eyes that Jesus is. So that means that if we are pursuing Jesus, people are going to be attracted to us because of Jesus. Wouldn't it be cool? Maybe this is just because I like fishing. Wouldn't it be cool if we were able to say to a guy fishing off the shore of a lake that we're at, cast your net to the other side. And they can't contain the amount of fish. Not that a lot of people use nets, I guess, but. But it's the principle, right? If we're pursuing this, we're choosing to be different. And we will be able to fight for what we believe. Because the next portion of this scripture, in verse, I think it's 13. Yeah. So where it's talking about in chapter 13. It says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. It doesn't just say grab. This is not a passive word, take hold. Sometimes you have to contend for things that you are going to take hold of. If you're, if you're taking hold of a promise that God gave you 10 years ago, I'm going to tell you that you're not just, you're, you're, you're grabbing that sucker. You are contending for that promise. Because 10 years is a long time. And it says here that we're to take hold of the eternal life. That we confessed in front of all the people that know that we're Christians. That's, that's, a, that's not a passive word. That is an active word. It means that we're going to have to contend. It says in the Bible that we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And, and now I'm coming back to that question that I asked you at the beginning of the service. When you made the decision to become a Christian, why? How, how do we do this in today's world? Because let's face it, the culture was different back then. The world was different back then. 
this is the same. We're going to have to be different. We're going to have to be able to take hold of things that, you know what, it's going to take some sweat. It's going to take some blood. It's going to take a fight. But what's that saying? The best things in life are things that you have to fight for. And I know in my heart this morning, this week as I was preparing this, I found myself needing forgiveness. Needing to repent because I haven't been fighting maybe the necessarily the way that I should have been. That maybe some things in my own heart have gotten to a place where they're bigger than this truth. Pursuing these things like this is this is like the basis of Christianity. And am I am I just doing it or am I pursuing Jesus? Am I going through the motions? Because God, I don't want to be in that place. And sometimes, you know what? Life happens and things get tough. And, you know, you kind of lose your priorities. But thank God we have the ability to be able to get back to this. Because he is so gracious. And he is so full of mercy and so full of love. That even when things get tough, when you're going through a battle, if we change our pursuit, we can get back to what really matters. And regardless of how our opinions and someone else's opinions differ, because you know what? There's lots of things that we're not going to agree on. But being able to choose love, choose gentleness, choose the pursuit of the one who gave his life for us, it's going to change the world. It's going to. And I'm saying the world, it can mean many different things to many different people. My world is this city. I love this city. How much do I want to see this city changed where God's glory moves in and transforms this city with his love, with his presence, where you walk the streets and he's just everywhere. Wouldn't that be amazing? This is one of the ways that it can happen is by us choosing to be different.
so I just wanted to I almost made it without crying <laughs> that was what God put on my heart this morning and I hope I articulated it well um So I want to I want to take the last few minutes of this service and I just want to reiterate the point that this wasn't just a charge for Timothy. This is a charge for us. And if I said anything, you know when I was talking about love and all those sensitive talk, I please hear my heart. My point is, is that love is bigger than all of the stuff that's going on. And that we have a job to do. And the pursuit might be you battling it out on your knees in your room. The pursuit might be getting together with two or three of your friends and just going hard after Jesus. That whatever it is that you need to do, that I need to do in my own life, that I'm at a point where I'm pursuing Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis, whether I'm at work, at home, in the mall, in Walmart, it doesn't matter. That it's it's literally on the forefront of my mind at all times. That's the position that I want to get to. Man, I want it. Because, wow, I just imagine the possibilities of what could happen to our world around us. If we could just do it. And all those things that I said, those are all to point to Jesus. Because he's the one that is going to get us to a place in our lives. Where we're able to do those things. Because, let's face it, we all have things that have happened that have caused us to be the way we are. And we need Jesus to come into those places so that we can get to a place where we can pursue these. Because sometimes we just aren't in that place. I know I've been there. But he's so good. And he's so, so able to get us back. Not back. Move us into a place where our hearts are settled in him. Father, I just thank you for who you are. Father, Help us to go hard in our pursuit for you. Because this was all just so that we can pursue you. And all these things will happen. And Father, I ask that if there's anything in my life that needs to go, just take it. 
it's all yours. We are here because of you. And Father, I just ask that the words that came out of my mouth, that they would be bound to each and every heart this morning. That the words that I spoke would bring healing. That it would bring forgiveness. That it would bring peace. And that it would rest on each and every person in this room and watching this live stream. And I just ask that you would continue to build on this, on these words that were spoken. And that they weren't just words that I said, but that they would be words from your heart that continue to do what you would want them to do. Father, we commit our lives to you this morning. Because it's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.